0: Praise the Lord, everybody. I am so glad and grateful to be before you, family and friends. God is really good. He really is. As you continue to really dive into your relationship with God, he will start showing you things that you've never seen before. He'll start bringing out gifts and abilities that you didn't know you have. But I just remember when I really never... thought that it could happen and how God turned my mind around how he turned my life around and he did it as I made decisions but he did it he turned everything that was for my bad he turned it for my good and so guys I am so grateful to be here I am so grateful to share the word of God with you this week we are talking about the contingency plan Bishop and Lady I love you We do give honor to you. Thank you so much for all of your guidance, all of your wisdom. We love you guys so much. And we're praying for you. Before we have talked about clarity, clearing our mind. We've talked about the power of prayer. We've talked about, you know, our hearts being right and making sure our motives are right. And so now we want to talk about a contingency plan because we're ready. We're ready. This contingency plan dropped in my mind. If I knew some things in God's word, it could have helped me through a lot of other stuff that I had to deal with in life. So I am only speaking from experience when I talk about this contingency plan and how important it can be in your life, how important it can be in your life. Contingency plan is defined as a course of action designed to help you respond to an event that may Or may not happen yes it doesn't mean it's going to happen but if it happens I'm prepared for it key elements of a contingency plan is protection detection and recoverability again the key elements of a contingency plan is protection detection and recoverability okay so when we think about that you want to make sure that okay let's say we know or we're always attacked by certain things or if we know it's coming, we can plan for it. You're taking all of your risks, all of the things that you typically find yourself in the past responding to, you can plan ahead now. How? Through scripture, through God's word, through God's guidance, and also knowing yourself. Like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, knowing your strengths and your weaknesses. All right? Knowing your weaknesses and accepting them and playing around them is a good strategy. Okay? All right. All right. Um, so every effective contingency plan must consider back files backup data files. I know I, I'm married to a IT guy but uh, I pretty know about the pretty much know about the backup data files but I asked him about this I was just thinking about how we can apply that in our spiritual world so when you talk about backing up your data files, uh, I consider it as remembering the journey that God, took you on to get to where you are today. The journey that God took you on to get you where you are today. Contingency plans are vital for businesses, personal lives, as well as the successful walk with God, okay? We must continue to be able to pull from that backup data. You can always go back in your mind and remember that God took you from nothing to where you are today. I'm talking about the healings, the jobs, the mended relationships, destroying generational curses, learning from what you suffered. These are our backup data files. And we're not forgetting where you came from and having a clear mind to see more of God, knowing that he did it once, he can do it again. God is not a man that he should lie. And I know a lot of you have experienced that already. Well, you can go back to your data files And you can remember how God has blessed your life, how he has taken you from one mindset to the next. And all the time that you were going and having your journey with God, you have learned so much. You've changed so much. And that's what's making you stronger now. So it's always good to pull back on that. Okay. Um, Also, in Proverbs 2, 21 and 5, it says the plans of the diligent certainly lead to profit. But anyone who is reckless certainly becomes poor. First, we have to make sure that we carefully select the proper things as our plan A. So we don't want to add anything to our plan A that we already know is going to destroy us. It has a possibility of causing me to go back. Your plan A has to be solid. And when I say solid, I mean based on the word of God based on the things that God has told you, based on the things that you know God wants in your life and the things he doesn't want. So you have to be honest and you have to be very detailed with your plan A. Then we also must have a plan B, okay? In Exodus 4, God tells Moses to show the rod, turn it into a snake, show his hand turning white, take a jar of water from the river and show it turning to blood and tell Pharaoh that his son will die. Along the way, there had to be changes in that plan. Um, if you go to Exodus 7 through 12, chapter 7 through chapter 12, what happened is that Moses showed the rod turning to turn into snake. Moses skipped the hand turning white. Moses turned the entire river into blood as opposed to the jar being poured on dry land. Moses brought frogs, then lice, then flies. He killed livestock. He brings bulls then hail, then locusts and darkness and all of Egypt loses their firstborn, not just Pharaoh. God's plan works and Israel takes all the spoils of Egypt with them into the desert. Now God was extremely innovative in effecting the Exodus. That is God's power at work, not fatalism or micromanagement, but God is powerful because he can accomplish his purposes even in spite of human resistance. so if it, if it is God's will, we don't really have to we don't really have to like try to tell God what to do. All we have to do is be obedient and say yes. And there were some things that happened that they didn't talk about before, but he improvised and the, what I loved about it is that Moses had his his number one plan B which and plan A as well, which is Jesus Christ or God at the time, God delivered them from Egypt because he used his power through Moses. And God can do the same thing through us. He can do the same thing through us, okay? So every day each of us is faced with numerous choices. What should we do when the Bible doesn't seem to speak directly to the situations we face and the decisions that we make? What does the Bible say about making decisions, okay? Okay. So I just wanted to go over with you how to make a contingency plan. And I want you guys to participate with me, okay? Contingency plans are used by smart people who are aware that there are always risks that can sideline any plan. There are always risks that can sideline any plan. Without having a contingency plan in place, the chances of completing a goal successfully will drop considerably. Even if that plan was made... um, you know, with good intentions, but we have to make sure we constantly revisit our contingency plan as we change, okay? The use of a contingency plan is widespread, applies to any personal venture or business venture. Uh, Even governments, for example, use them to prepare for disaster recovery or economic disruption. Um, If you're planning then you're opening yourself to unnecessary risks. If you don't have a plan in place in case of a flood or a fire or a major disaster, you're opening up yourself to unnecessary risks. All right? In most cases, a contingency plan is devised to respond to a negative event that can tarnish your reputation or even financial livelihood. However, contingency plans aren't, by definition, always negative. There are positive things, Um, That can happen with the contingency plan such as what to do if your plan receives an unexpected sum of money or other resource Those are good things that can happen with the contingency plan. The contingency plan is a proactive strategy That means that we have to be proactive We have to have a strategy when we're going into battle now. We've already done our self-examination We already know the plans. We already know what we need to do and how we need to connect God in our hearts and our minds. Now we have to go in with the strategy. A contingency plan is a plan. And like any plan, it requires a great deal of research, brainstorming. And like any good plan, there are steps to take or to make sure you're doing it right. Okay, we have to identify and prioritize resources. So you have to research your plan or goal. Um, such as your leaders, your tools, most importantly, the word of God. These are your resources that you can go to. You have to have them know who they are and know that you can go to them for any assistance that you need with your contingency plan. The key risk, um, you have to figure out where you're vulnerable. All right. Anybody want to share that? Anybody want to share where you're vulnerable at? um, A ways that can really throw you completely off course for long periods of time. Is anybody willing to share? Um, I'm vulnerable and. I used to be vulnerable in comparing myself. I used to be vulnerable in, you know, acceptance. And when you have a vulnerability there, then you oftentimes forget what you're doing, who you're doing it for. And you focus more on if certain people are proud of you. OK, for example, if you have vulnerable risk, you can share that with us. That would be great, but I just want to give you an example of what a vulnerable risk is. Okay, um, for instance, in a technology world, when you are standing up, setting up a new application, you have different stages. One is development, which is when the work starts—praying, reading, getting to know who you are and how you function under certain environments, and how you function under certain environments. Next is testing. So everything you have heard, learned. Uh, with praying fasting here is the testing time your makeup what could include things such as your upbringing um, how you see yourself your faith your insecurities your issues these are what is in is in the testing period okay well there's a term called user accepted user acceptance testing. UAT okay And so with that, it's called... This is to see how you operate under certain pressures. We're going to have certain pressures in life, right? And like God says, you know, he will bring you out as pure gold. We will be under pressure. But this is how you handle your pressure. This is the real world when you're being tested with these things. And you can deal with things like insecurity when someone calls you out your name, when you've been passed over, not believing in yourself. These are testings that we have in pressure to really see if we do believe what the Word of God says and see how we respond to those types of pressures, okay? So that's something that we can include in our contingency plan. If you write a contingency plan for each risk that you have identified, but start with the most critical in your life, okay? As time permits, you can create a plan for everything on your list, whatever the plan you thought behind each should be steps necessary to resume normal operation. So these things shouldn't throw you off. Your timelines, communication, you can actually have stay on course when these are presented before you, okay? Share your plan. When you've written your contingency plan and it's been presented and approved by God, the next step is to make sure everyone in your circle has a copy. These are people who you really know, respect their opinion, or it could be just as simple as telling people no. But when you have your contingency plan, you have, you'll start communicating by your actions, by what, how you respond to things. This is your contingency plan. These are, these are ways you communicate it too. A lot of people, believing in that, guys, have a hard time saying no. And maybe it's just to some people. Some people have a hard time doing things that they don't want to do. When you have your contingency plan in place, you can start speaking those things and setting your boundaries so that you'll know, okay, I know how I could get into trouble by getting entangled with these jokes, or it could be friends or whatever, but I know how to say no, and I know that I'll be happy with my decision, okay? Now, as life always changes, guys, we have to revisit this contingency plan. It's a must that we revisit it. Now, when we think about your contingency planning, um, like any plan, there are always challenges that we're going to face um, during the process of us having those contingency plans and things may change along the way, but I praise God that we have the word of God and how there are a lot of scriptures in the Bible that address things that we've never seen before. And I know from my experience, once I have read it or once someone has pointed it out to me. It's like I can't forget it because it applies to my life in a very strong way, okay? Biblical principles should inform my decision. What biblical principles should inform my decision? If we look at Proverbs 2 and 6, it says, For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. 1 Corinthians 10 and 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, okay? Questions to ask. What does the Bible say about my decision? Who can help me better understand what God's word says about my decision? And make sure you are not the only one who holds to your interpretation. Okay. Do I have all the facts? Proverbs 18 and 13 says, he who gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame to him. Okay. Proverbs 18, 17 says, the first to plead his case seems right until another comes and examines him. So we may have an interpretation of God's word, but it could be the wrong interpretation. So this is why addressing your issues with the word of God is helpful. Okay. The second one is. Uh, is the pressure of time forcing me to make a premature decision. Now, I know a lot of us have been in a situation where there is so much pressure that we have to, we feel forced to make a decision because the deadline is tomorrow. Mortgages due on Tuesday, light bill, we don't have no lights. So we are forced to make decisions, okay? In those situations, I found Proverbs 19 and 2, It says, also, it is not good for a person to be without knowledge. And he who makes haste with his feet, ears. Okay? So don't make haste. Try to have a contingency plan to plan for things. Okay? Proverbs 21 and 5 says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage. But everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. So there are scriptures that really speak to our situations. What God is saying is that you need to make sure you're diligently knowledgeable about these things. Knowledgeable, okay? Questions to ask, beware of once-in-a-lifetime deal that lured of instant gratification. Don't let the fear of missing out drive your decision. And when in doubt, leave it out. Okay? When in doubt, leave it out. Number four is what possible motives are you driving, are driving my decision? What possible motives are driving my decision? Proverbs 16 and 2 says, all the ways of a man are clean in his own right, but the Lord weighs the motives. We talked about that before, about God weighs your motives. Proverbs 20 and 9 says, who can say I have cleansed my heart? I am pure from my sin. Nobody can. We can. not questions to ask, acknowledge that you have blind spots. It's okay. You have, we have blind spots. Okay. Sometimes we don't see stuff coming. Sometimes there's something that we have that's blocking our sight and that's blind and it hits you like a truck. That is very true. When you have those blind spots, you need to honestly assess your motives, both good and bad. This is just you and God. You have to honestly assess your motives, both good and bad. Give others permission to speak into your life. Now, I was just like, I, I don't like a bunch of people speaking into my life, but the people that know me and people that I know are in great communication with God. But this, in this case, I'm thinking it's talking about people who really know you and they tell you the truth. That's what I'm thinking. People who know you, and they said, You do this all the time, Tion. Here you go again. Here you go again. Like my husband, he says, I'm I'm obsessed with cleaning products. He said, We have we have cleaning products to clean the whole entire neighborhood. And he said, and this he said, you squirt it one, two, or three times, and then it goes on the shelf until the next thing come out, right? So he knows that he knows my bonds, <laughs> right? So he went and told him, told me the truth. Just don't buy them anymore. That's, you can't buy until all of these are used. So that's the plan, okay? How should past experiences inform my decision? Proverbs 26 and 11 says, like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Proverbs 17 and 10 says, a rebuke goes deeper into one who has Understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. Okay. A rebuke goes deeper into one who has understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. Okay. Other questions you might ask: look at look for your patterns of behavior or triggers. Understand how your family background might have affected your thinking, and learn from your mistakes. Okay? What is the collective counsel of my community. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in any abundance of counselors, there is victory, okay? Proverbs 18 and one says, he who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. Uh, verse two, a fool does not delight in understanding, but only in revealing his own mind, okay? Okay. So you want to avoid having many separate conversations. Recognize the difference between selling and sharing. Recognize the difference between selling and sharing, and know when to open the circle. That's important. Be careful if you're selling your idea or sharing, and know when to open your circle. Um, have a honestly. Have I honestly considered the warning signs? Um, Proverbs 10 and 17 says, he is on the path of life who heeds instruction, but he who forsakes reproof forsakes reproof goes astray. He is on the path of life who heeds instruction, but he who forsakes reproof, reproof goes astray. Proverbs 16:25, and this is all the word, and just having this knowledge, these are instructions that's given to us. And how do we overcome these things that could possibly happen again, okay? Proverbs sixteen twenty there is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way to, of death. There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Proverbs 27 and six says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy, Okay? Warning signs, uh, do, don't do think you are the exception to the rule. And a lot of us think that. They think we, we isolate ourselves and feel like we're the only one. But you're not an exception to the rule. There are plenty. Remember that God's way is the best way. Another question, have I considered the possible outcomes of my course of action? <sighs> Proverbs 14 and one says, the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down. With her own hands. Proverbs 14 and 5 says, The naive believes everything, but the prudent man considers his steps. Last line 27 and 12, Proverbs, a proverb says, A prudent man sees evil and hides himself, the naive proceed and pay the penalty. Okay? Do the long math, basically. Do the long math. Assess the potential risk and have a contingency plan. Okay? Could this decision jeopardize integrity or hinder my witness for the Lord? Okay. Proverbs 25, 26 says, like a trampled spring and a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. Like a trampled spring and a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. Proverbs 10 and 9 says, he who walks in integrity walks securely. But he who perverts his ways will be found out. Proverbs 20 and 7, a righteous man who walks in his integrity, how blessed are his sons after him. Integrity is important. It's not about looking good. It's about doing the right thing. No matter if it's not the popular thing at the time with the crowd that you're around at the moment. But if you do the right thing, then how blessed are his sons after him. Okay? Proverbs 22 and one says, a good name is to be more desired than great riches. Favor is better than silver and gold. I'm going to say that again. A good name is to be more desired than great riches. Favor is better than silver and gold. Favor can turn into money because you have favor on your life and because people are like a magnet to you or the right people are a magnet to you. That is worth so much more. Your brand, that's what they call it now, your brand. It is important, okay? Work toward the center rather than flirt with the edge. Work toward the center rather than flirt with the edge. Ask yourself, would this pass the newspaper test? And keep short accounts. Keep short accounts. And the last one, is there a better option that would allow me to make a greater impact for God's kingdom? Proverbs eleven thirty: the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who is wise wins soul. Okay, souls. Questions to ask yourself. Ask yourself, what story could God be writing? If you wrote your story, what story could God be writing? Don't assume that just because something is hard that it is not God's will. Don't assume that because something is hard, that it's not God's will. And understand how God has uniquely gifted and resourced you. Okay? These are great questions to ask yourself in contingency plans. We know that there are gonna be times where we're not gonna know, we're gonna to have to be forced to make a decision. But when you have a contingency plan, you can already go ahead. And come up with a plan B, strategize for it, save for it. But at least you'll know that you'll have a better control of the situation when it does happen. If it doesn't happen, God bless. But if it does, you have a better decision, a better answer for it than making hasty decisions. I have been there. I have made so many hasty decisions that has cost me thousands of dollars. All because of haste. All because I didn't think it through. I have paid more attention to people than I have of God's will. So many things, and we all can relate to that can happen in our lives, that if we are on a journey and we're fighting this battle, if it comes, we have a contingency plan. Because the word of God, for every situation, there is a scripture in the Bible that addresses it. It may not say your name and the particular store or the particular person, but it tells you and gives you like specific instructions on how to handle it or, or how to handle it to on um, times that are to come. I get so tongue-tied when I'm on here. I'm so sorry, guys. But you know what I'm trying to say. It will give you a plan for your future. Or if it doesn't happen, you still have a plan for something else that could happen. Know your contingency plan. Know who you are. Know your strengths. Know your weaknesses. Plan accordingly. Okay? And yes, as life changes... Your contingency plan may change, but at least you are not just ignoring them and say, because a lot of people like to focus on their plan A. Girl, look, I ain't even go. I'm not even going to speak plan B, Chad. I'm going to run with plan A and we go do it. And that's fine. That's great faith. But a contingency plan is for those moments that you did not prepare for, that you can prepare for ahead of time. To make sure that particular thing that's, that you're facing is not going to throw you out the way. I just want us to be ready. I want us to be ready. There is ev- everything that you need is right there in the scripture. And if you read and meditate on them and you actually do them, it will do you a world of good. But remember, create your contingency plan because we are ready to fight. We have aligned ourselves. We have cleansed ourselves. We have washed. We have done everything. Now it's time to fight. Okay. hopefully everybody's been doing that work. God also laid on my heart. There are some because a lot of us are uh, mature saints, but there are some that they may not say it and they may have a smile on their face all the time. They really don't believe that there is hope for them. They really don't believe that I can actually do something right. And sometimes when the enemy is fighting your mind so much and these risks and all of this stuff is not just one thing that you're facing, but you're facing like five things and all of them are life changing things and you're feeling like there's no hope. So you're just giving up. I want to tell you to live, keep fighting. God is fighting for you. But all we need you to do is just believe in God. Have faith. It's not going to be over Tomorrow is a better day. It is a better day. I need someone to know that, that you need to have hope and trust in God. Don't stop praying. Keep bringing it to him and open your ears and listen. Sometimes when you go in prayer, we don't have to say anything, but just say, God, I'm here. And he may continue to just keep speaking to your spirit. Or the next thing you know, when you go face a situation situation the next day, guess what? The situation could be under control. Somebody could have paid it. It is no limit to what God can do for you. And I promise you, he loves you just as much as everybody else. He loves everybody equally. Don't give up. Keep fighting. There is hope. You will see better days. Don't give up. I know that we're not all in the same place. I know that everybody's in different phases of life. But whatever phase you're in, it's okay. God will meet you right there. And he will He will be on that journey with you. Just be willing, okay? I love you guys. I'm praying for you all. Thank you for being with me on tonight. I appreciate everything. You guys have a wonderful week. I will see you Sunday. Bye-bye.